You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Oh. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will be looking at two eras of Tim Drake. One will be the classic 90s 2000 Tim Drake Robin and Red Robin series, while the second will be taking a look at Tim Drake in the current era of DC Comics Rebirth and beyond, most notably Detective Comics or whatever books Tim appears in that month. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Rob Myers, and this podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Your home for all things Batman and Robin. And Robin, everyone loves the Drake, is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network. You can find us a couple different ways at ELTD Podcast on Twitter. We are also on Facebook at facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And you can also email into the show at Robin ELTD Podcast at yahoo.com. Quick little editorial note right here. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, Terrence had put up a YouTube channel for Robin Everyone Loves the Drake. So while I'm helming the podcast version, Terrence has taken control of the YouTube channel for Robin Everyone Loves the Drake. So right now he's got about four or five videos up there, and he's gone back through some of the older episodes that he might not have been on in the early run and is doing a five-minute comic book review or so, because some may go over just a little bit, of some of the very first issues that I covered on the podcast and giving his perspective on it, while also adding new content to Robin and the Batman universe as a whole that Tim Drake and Robin exist in. Uh, right now, uh, there's a Diamond Select a DC Gallery uh, view of a collectible he just got. Um, at the time of recording uh, this podcast of this little intro here, uh, he has just recently done the five-minute comic book review for Batman 438 Year 3 Part 3. And uh, we will also be doing some uh, YouTube live content on here as well. I believe that's also uh, part of this as well. So maybe from time to time we'll have exclusive uh, YouTube video footage of he and I both there uh, discussing something. But as far as the, as the YouTube channel is going, uh, Terrence is going to be helming that one while I'm helming the audio podcast. So it's just another way that Robin, everyone loves the Drake, is out there. So you can go to YouTube and in the search engine of YouTube, type in Robin, everyone loves the Drake podcast. And please subscribe to us, and that will just get the the love out there for Tim Tim Drake. So let's go back to me back in the podcast that I recorded while I introduced Terrence. Is making your head hurt yet? It's making my head hurt. Take it away, Rob. And as always, uh, my co-host, second co-host of the show, Terrence O'Neill is here with us. Terrence, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, I'm doing great. How about yourself, Rob? Doing excellent. 
cool. And I, I'd asked Rob here if I could take over because I wanted to um, talk to a couple people. We've been getting some cool uh, feedback and buzz on Facebook and uh, Twitter, and I wanted to mention a couple people. The first person uh, who's been a big supporter of the show, Ashley, uh, I believe is – I'm going to butcher all these last names. So I, <laughs> I think it's Kronk, but you know, if I butcher your last name, I'm sorry. It's like the first day of school when I get all the kids' names wrong. Um, but Ashley, yeah, if you, have, if you haven't been following him on Facebook, he's got some pretty cool Red Robin and Tim Drake uh, fan pages. And um, t- um, Rob and I have asked him to come on to be a co-host, but um, he's just kind of not feeling the, the – I think the the podcasting thing. Uh, so uh, we kind of, I think we kind of pushed him a little bit. And he said he was feeling like a caged rat or something, but <laughs> we, we didn't want to like, uh, uh, you know, hurt your feelings or like make it uncomfortable. We just, you know, appreciate. He he pretty much kind of uh, shares all of our uh, podcasts and gives feedback and stuff. So we just appreciate that. Um, and then another person. Has been on there. Uh, Rich Matsumoto, I believe his last name is. Uh, I said her again wrong. Rich, I'm sorry, but Rich had kind of reached out to us on Facebook, and um, he's kind of introduced me to a couple cool uh, other podcasts uh, that we've been listening to, and he kind of um, gives some good combat. Uh, feedback, I should say, I said come back. I'm mean, feedback on that. <laughs> uh, and along with uh, another one who we're going to have him on here real soon, Ian Miller. He's um, been listening a lot, giving us some good, cool feedback. He's been doing the reviews of Detective Comics on the BatmanUniverse.net. So if you get a chance, check out his reviews. Um, and um, uh, we'll have him on pretty soon. Uh, and um, I, I want to also mention, and I forgot to say, Rich had also let us know that he had made a, a contribution to the um, BatmanUniverse.net server fund. So thanks for that, Rich. Uh, and then. Uh, We've got two co- co-hosts today, two guests on the program, and I wanted to bring them on. The first, um, you know, I wanted to. I, sh- I was showing kids my kids a video of them on on YouTube because I was like, you know, that like myth that all comic book fans are like skinny little wimps or just like <laughs> out of shape. I'm like, you've you've got to you've got to see this guy. This guy's no joke. And um, you know, like Rob always says that like I'm the Mark Bernardin, but he he's our uh, great Capullo as far as like the guns and the, <laughs> the muscles go, and that that's Luke. And I, I said to Rob, we, sh- we should have Luke on because Luke probably has read more uh, books le- reading leading up to Rebirth than any of us. So if we have any questions about like pre-Rebirth stuff, Luke's the guy. And I was I was watching some of his YouTube videos this week, and um, he he was going over he had he had. Um, not been on for I guess a little while and was going over some of the things in his life and, and going on. He's like, well, my job, I changed job and I had to travel and kids and I got rebirth going on and all that. And I was like, any guy who mentions rebirth as a life event needs to be on our show. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> How's it going, Luke? Good. Yeah, appreciate you guys um, inviting me to come on and I'm really excited to, to talk some some, uh, some comic book stuff with y'all. Awesome. And then our other. Um, guest or he's been on um before so you guys all know him but it's ryan and um i just got back from going to disney world with my family uh and on the way back uh to we drive it's about 600 miles so on the way back i put on some disney podcasts that we kind of listened to and was driving my wife liked it but it was driving them nuts are nuts a little bit because the, the people on it are very long-winded and they take a long time to get to their point and stuff and she's she had no patience for are you like, sure you weren't listening to our show yeah well that's what i said <laughs> to her. like uh, you haven't well, I, robin i have you yeah. <laughs> so, so 
Yeah. So I was like, well, well, all right. After about two or three hours of some Disney podcast, Disney World podcast, I was like, oh, let, let's pop this one on. Here, here's a Batman one, and I put on uh, Batman on film, and she immediately like, like, these guys are so much better. They get right to the point. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, you know, uh, especially Bill Jet Remy, like he did, he doesn't mess around. He get, he you know, Whoa. and uh, <laughs> and at the end of it, Ryan came on, and Ryan they were asking, oh, what are you doing? And Ryan. Um, was talking about how he was going to be on our podcast. Everybody loves the Drake. Oh, and my wife and kids were just going, he's mentioned you. He's talking to you. You're famous. <laughs> this is so cool. So once again, thanks always, Ryan, for all the, the support and the plugs on the BatmanUniverse.net. And how's it going, Ryan? Oh, it's, it's going great. And, you know, it's the least I can do to, uh, you know, get the word out about your show because, you know, it's pretty great. It's I think it's aw- awakened this new, like, love and appreciation for Tim Drake, not just for me, but for a whole lot of other people. You know, you've been on episodes of holy back cast and stuff like that and a lot i think a lot of people are catching on to how cool the show is but um terrence i wanted to bring up something and i need need to clear this up i think we we were having this conversation on twitter and it seems like we've had a tim drake-esque meeting before like we've actually met each other and we didn't even know it so i don't know how, how true this is but you know terrence i guess you were looking at some old posts on my Twitter, and yeah, I had some pictures of, uh, you know, um, Back to the Future, Marty Mc, uh, cosplay type stuff that I did, and I'm shoes, and I made, and I got the jacket, and I got all this to get up up for, uh, you know, Back to the Future Day last year, and you're like, oh, that's cool. I remember seeing somebody wearing all that stuff in North Carolina when I saw <laughs> I saw the trilogy last year, and I'm like, Terrence, that probably was me. <laughs> it, it could have been. Did you see it at the uh, in Cary and Crossroads? Yes. Then that yeah. could have been because my my brother. I, I mean, I I like Back to the Future, but my brother is a huge huge Back to the Future fan. And in fact, he had like a little shrine in his room growing up to Back to the Future because he, he had put all this stuff. And I'm like, you realize you built a shrine, don't you? And he's like, oh yeah. Um, and so we we knew the the movie was being played again for the you know the anniversary of the day that marty came to the future which oddly enough is now the past Uh, but we we were like we weren't sure was it the first movie or was it the second movie when we thought it was the second was it the first so we ended up getting tickets and we got there and we're like well which movie is it and they're like no it's all three of them and we're like oh so it was a much longer night than we expected but during the break between one of the two movies there was a guy, and I don't know if it was you or somebody else, but he was dressed head to toe exactly like Marty McFly Jr. or, or you know the futuristic with the rainbow hat and the Nikes. Um, I, I don't think he had the. I think he had. I don't know if he had the full-on Nikes or not, and the, the pants and everything with the pockets inside out. And I was going, I was going to the bathroom, and I was walking out as he was walking in. And then my brother was in the bathroom, and he, I waited for him a little bit, and I was like, come here, come here. I'm like, this is going to be the creepiest thing I've ever said to you, but you've got to check out this guy in the bathroom. <laughs> and, and then the guy came out, so that might have been you. I don't know. That, that my brother okay. And I, yeah. I can clear it up. I can clear it up. It was not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I was so excited for after – okay, because right now I'm looking at my Fandango purchases just to confirm where I saw it, and I saw it in Briar Creek. Oh, so close, though. Yeah. So it was very close. So on that same day, we were both in the same vicinity, and I was wearing that entire getup, but we weren't exactly in the same theater. It was close, though. 
(laughs) What are the odds? (laughs) Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, if that was would have really that would have been pretty insane. But it's close. And yeah, so if you guys, you know, I know this is everyone loves a Drake, but we're talking about Back to the Future. But if you go on my Twitter and look at old pictures, I did like I learned I learned soldering, I learned all this like stuff, so I could like get a pair of Nike Air Mags and like mod them to like look like the Back to the Future two shoes, and they like light up and everything. It's like really (laughs) cool. And I had the lenticular hat. I had a lenticular hat for, like, ten years. I got it off of, like, the Diamond comic distributors when they made, like, the first replicas, and then I got the jacket and everything. So I had the full get-up, and it was pretty great. Well. Yeah, it looked pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a cool story, because I think I remember, didn't we podcast later that week? And I think I remember you telling me that story about, you know, telling your brother, like, hey, I've never, this is going to seem really weird, but check out the guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah. It's not something I say often, but it has come out of my mouth, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I say it all the time, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Now that the introductions are out of the way, welcome to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake, and welcome to the show. heard from the uh, new intro to the show, which, a uh, little peek behind the curtain, I haven't recorded it yet, but I'm sure it sounded great. If not, then I really <laughs> screwed it up. Uh, we are now officially in a rebirth, so we will be, the podcast will be kind of split. I think Terrence and I are still uh, toying with how we're going to do it. Uh, it'll probably just depend uh, when the detective issues come out or wherever Tim happens 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 to pop up will probably dictate uh, whether it's going to be a 90s show or a mix of uh, the 90s uh, Robin series or um, 
the current rebirth. But before we get into Tim's appearance... I just say, you, Rob has rejected my idea of him doing just the new stuff and me doing the old stuff, but is doing it at the exact same time so that people will have to try to pick out who's saying what. But that, that idea was shot down, unfortunately. Well, we could do a, a right channel, left channel, so you could be in your yeah. car and you could just turn the speakers on the right-hand side and hear Terrence, and the left-hand side will be me, and then we can really screw with people and tell yeah. them that it'll be recorded in stereo, but we'll just record the whole thing in mono, and it'll just make it even more crazy. So uh, it's cool that um, we decided to take this step and not only be looking at what uh, Tim was like in his own series, but to see uh, what the Tim Drake character is doing in the current pages of DC Comics and to kind of get a broader look at DC Comics as a whole to kind of give us an excuse to talk about, oh my gosh, were you, was anybody reading Superman? This was really cool. And we can kind of tie the whole Batman universe into a broader uh, universe as well. So I think it'll open up for uh, some greater discussions that we can have, um, not only just talking about Tim Drake, but just uh, DC as a whole. So, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do that again. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's just because, you know, it, it's it's a really great time just to be a comic book and DC fan right now, and it you know I you know along, along with this podcast and Rebirth both, it's really like reinvigorated me and just to digging into the past and looking forward to the future. I mean that's what Rebirth DC Rebirth is kind of all about anyway, and I feel like I've already kind of been doing that for a little while while following you guys. So I think it's really fun. And it's it's a great jumping on point for anybody that is new to comics or or uh, hasn't read comics in a while. I think. Uh, that opens up a good uh, discussion point. Since uh, now that we are a month into uh, Rebirth, I kind of wanted to ask each of you guys, um, what have you been reading? Has this brought you back into reading again? Um, and just kind of some of your the high points and books that really surprised you. Have you branched out um, in Rebirth? And um, has it caused you to go backwards through the catalog, too, just because you're um, excited. Let's start uh, with Terrence and kind of just your impressions of of Rebirth as a whole and kind of leading up to it, and then we'll break it down uh, for, to Batman, and then we'll uh, get to Detective after that. So we'll just do broad spectrum uh, first. Uh, Terrence. Sure. Um, so from before Rebirth, I was pretty much reading nothing. I uh, pretty much kind of stopped reading almost everything except for Batman and the the Snyder Capullo Batman a little bit here and there. Um, for Rebirth, I did the um, discount comic book services. They have their ad in the, the thing. We don't get – they're not a sponsor. I'm not getting anything for mentioning them, but I would if they'd send me stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah. I did their their bundle for Rebirth. So I hadn't read anything really because that was coming in the mail. And then on Friday, I got a package, and in the package was DC Universe Rebirth number one. Aquaman Rebirth 1, Batman Rebirth 1, Flash Rebirth 1, Green Arrow Rebirth 1, Green Lantern Rebirth 1, Superman Rebirth 1, Titans Rebirth 1, Wonder Woman Rebirth 1, Action Comics 957 and 958, Aquaman 1 and 2, Detective 934 and 935, Flash 1, Batman 1 and 2, Green Arrow 1 and 2, Green Lanterns 1 and 2, Superman 1 and 2, Wonder Woman number one and uh, Justice League Rebirth number one. And so in the last two days, I've read all of them. <laughs> and um, so far, I've, I have to say it's an A plus. I loved all of them. I, I mean, I, 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 if I had to grade the books, the lowest book might get a B or a B plus. I, I really think 
they've done a fantastic job with that. The the thing that disappoints me a little bit is when the new 52 came out, um, there were a lot of different variety of books. DC took a lot of risks with like having a cowboy book and a vampire book. And um, here it just seems they've realized that those don't sell. We're just going all superhero, which I love the superhero stuff. And I guess it's the fans' own fault because this is what we buy. Right. But it's it, it's kind of disappointing me that there isn't a little bit more of a, a risk or a little bit of um, going on with rebirth. But of the stuff that has come out, I've I've found it all fantastic. I've I've loved it all. You got the same bundle I did uh, from Discount okay. Comic Book. Now, did you get the Neil Adams uh, variant uh, Batman number one? Yes. Okay. I thought that's. I thought that was a cool cover. Um, yeah. I only really did cool. just the first month, so Justice League was not in my bundle. I ordered it once the initial um, package list came up, so I didn't do um, – I think mine stopped right before Justice League. So I got all that you mentioned but Justice League. But um, yeah, kind the, of enticed me to maybe continue on with them. And they're not that far away from me. They're about an hour and a half. I could just drive to them and get the bundle. Yeah, the, the first month bundle, all that was like $18. Yeah. And then the second – one I don't know. So this that whole shipment came to thirty five bucks. So the two ninety nine books came out to be like a dollar nineteen each, and then the Neil Adams one was full price, mm-hmm. and then Rebirth they did for seventy four cents. So it was actually pretty reasonable um, to get them. the The thing I would say too is I'm I'm pretty impressed that DC all of the books that I listed and there was a lot of them. All of them their cover price is two ninety nine. And you know when they did that thing drawing the line at two ninety nine like five or six years ago they've they've pretty much kept that and, and kept that price point and I'm you know and with a discount I think most stores offer some kind of discount if you you know um, sign up that's that's not too bad and I, I, just real quick too I saw that June was the best selling month for comics in twenty years which that's, that's good for the industry I mean um, Civil War. Two and that at a five ninety nine price point helped boost sales and the Dark Knight um, three helps a lot too. But I think that's good for the industry that you know it it is selling so well. Excellent, uh, Ryan. What about you as far as uh, Rebirth as a whole is concerned? Oh yeah, well Terrence, off the of the giant list of books that you listed, I have bought and read every single one of them except for Titans. Because I don't know for whatever reason I was just like eh, I don't want to read that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Titans is really and good. I read everything else. I've never been a giant. I, I like Teen Titans, you know, but I was so burdened on the New Fifty Two Teen Titans. I was just like, nah, don't want it. And, and I never really got into Titans proper because it was just a little bit, you know, before my time. So, you know, I should probably give it a shot since I've literally read everything else. But uh, that's the only book I haven't read. And uh, I think I mentioned this before. The comic book store that I go to is uh, like a one-minute walk from the parking spot I park at uh, when I go to work. So on my oh, lunch nice. break on Wednesdays, on my lunch break on Wednesdays, I just walk to my car and then walk a minute down the street and get the comic books. and And you can sign up online and tell them what books you want, and you pay up ahead and you get the discount. So I, all you have to do is just walk in the store on Wednesdays, and they're already bagged and boarded, and you just get them. Um, and I think for me it's like a, maybe like a dollar ninety or something per book, which is 
Back and board included. So I oh, think wow. that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah I think that's yeah. a pretty good deal, especially in the vicinity. I can just walk and just get them and not have to wait to get them on state. So, yeah, but for me, the quality has been just really great. I mean, the gamble. I know, Terrence, you're saying you wish you would, they, they would have taken a bit more um, gamble in terms of content. But I think the big gamble for Rebirth is the twice a month thing. Yeah. For a lot of the books. Um, you know, they've got to keep up the story and be consistent and. Get, get, get them out on time to, to keep that up and keep interest going. Um, and for the most part, I feel like they've been pretty successful so far. You know, the flagship titles are definitely doing their job. Um, Superman, Action, Detective, and Batman, I feel, are all absolutely excellent. And I'm, very, I'm really engaged in all their stories and think that they're, you know, very cool and very... Uh, and they all hit different little points of the characters that... Um, that gives each book, you know, its own kind of unique identity and, and focus, which I think is really great. But they all, but they all do kind of work together. Um, and I've really been enjoying the Superman stuff a lot more than I thought I would, um, especially Action Comics. Action Comics is probably one of the more surprising ones, you know. Um, just this concept, it's, it's kind of a strange concept at first, you know, oh, there's two Supermen and things like that. But when you start reading it, they've done such a good job of getting invested in it that it, it really works, in my opinion. And, uh, so the Superman and Batman stuff is great. Uh, Green Arrow has never been one of my favorite characters to read. You know, I watch the TV show and everything, um, but that's 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 pretty pretty consistent. And Aquaman's been. I mean, it's it's all been really good stuff, honestly. So I think it's so far it's doing its job and it's getting people to you know be invested in the characters and buy comics. And in terms of going backwards, you know, the, the major thing I've obviously been doing is just going back and reading tons and tons of Tim Drake stuff. And, uh, good answer. I did complete. Yeah. I completed <laughs> my, yeah, obviously I completed my, uh, hundred issue Azrael run. Nice. So I have all those issues now that I need to, uh, get, but I'm not going to start on those until I get nightfall, everything nightfall and everything, uh, Jean Paul Valley related tangentially. So I'm going to do that first and then, go through the 100 issue Azrael series. I keep, I keep saying I should do a podcast like this on, on Azrael. Um, I would listen in a heartbeat, i tell you that right now. It's <laughs> because I'm like, man, I just want to do the same thing that you guys did, but for Azrael, because I, you know, just like Tim Drake, I feel like he doesn't get the love and respect he deserves. You know, it's it's an interesting time in comics. And and, and again, they brought, they've been bringing him back in the read books, too. Yeah. And uh, in terms of Tim Drake stuff, like, I started a Google spreadsheet with all 183 issues and annuals and stuff so I could keep track of what I do and don't have. <laughs> so I've got, like, in terms of uh, the beginning start of the run, I've got everything up to, like, issue 26. And then I don't have 27 and 28, and then I've got everything until 44, and then there's a big gap. And then when I started reviewing Robin for Batman on film, I obviously... Bought, read, and, and reviewed uh, Robin 150 all the way to 183. So that's kind of where I'm at, and uh, it's just been a it's been a really great ride so far, and it's really gotten me invested in comics. You know, like like Terrence, like before Rebirth and before this podcast, especially like the only comics I was reading was literally Scott Snyder Batman and and kind of Detective Comics as a you know necessity. Uh, Luke, how's uh, how have comics been uh, treating you as far as uh, rebirth? And uh, like Terrence has said earlier, um, 
you know, you can definitely school a lot of us for, you know, Priga New 52 um, as well. And for those people that uh, may be new to hearing uh, Luke's voice, Luke, Terrence, and, um, and now I'm blanking. Um, Ian. <laughs> Ian, my gosh. Uh, the four of us did a podcast together uh, on the Batman universe for... Um, Batman and Robin Eternal, so we thought this would be really great to bring uh, Luke back in. But uh, how's Rebirth been uh, uh, for you, and just in general? In general, it's been very good. I remember when they announced it, that they were going to do it, uh, and I was a little nervous. Um, only because I'm kind of like the weird you know, personality where change in me, when you get like a routine and things are a certain way, I, I get kind of a little antsy when things change. Like numbering changes for some reason. It's just <laughs> now I got to reorganize my comics. And you're like, oh god darn it. Um, and then you're always wondering, you know, when you get teams like you know Snyder and Capullo, when you, you guys sit there and you you maybe take a new direction or a new creative change. I mean, how's it gonna do to the character? Is it gonna? I mean, is it gonna hurt it? Is it gonna take a tech step back, or is it gonna be even better? So. I was really nervous, and then as we started getting kind of closer to it, and so I started hearing some of the creative teams and the lineups, I was like, okay, this can work out. And then when the one shot hit, I was like, this is awesome. I love it. And they, they picked the perfect guy to write it, Jeff Johns. That one shot, first off, 80 pages, 299. How, how can you not at least give it a try? Yeah. But it, it was phenomenal. Um, I, I love getting Molly back. But just right there, right off the bat, I knew Rebirth had the potential to do some really good things. And then obviously, the titles I would get me, I pretty much, the only one that I'm getting that I wasn't reading before was Titans. I did pick up Titans. Um, but I, Green Arrow, getting Batman, I've been reading obviously, Wonder Woman, Flash, Superman, um, obviously Detective, and what else? Pretty much, I think that's about it. But they've been all really good, and I'll be honest, um, it's definitely going in the right direction. Uh, some of the things I'm kind of surprised is not really surprised because, I mean, the team is just their Batman and Robin run was just I hold that in like really high regard. Like Snyder Capullo was like number one. Like right below them was Tomasi and Gleason and. And the Batman and Robin run, but man, this Superman stuff, I, I am digging it. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's really getting me excited for when uh, Damien gets to the full, we have that story with um, Damien and John, that Super Sons. Super Sons, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, Superman's been great. Obviously, getting Rucka back on One Woman was it's just great too and, and the art by um, Sharp and then we get Nicola Scott coming up Nicola Scott obviously if you read stuff like the Justice League United and the uh, Black Magic title with Rucka and Nicola Scott their, her art is just really cool and if you um, read the latest Wonder Woman issue uh, the one panel has her kind of like in like a throwback uh, photo that was actually Nicola Scott so that's been great. Uh, the other surprise, to be honest, uh, is how good Detective is. Mm-hmm. It's just <laughs> wow. I have two. One little concern deals with the Drake. Um, Clayface, I'm still I'm open to it. I got my interest. But, man, 
Tynan, he's just doing just great. It's good to see Batwoman back uh, with a good feel. Someone actually got a good pulse on Kate's character, which is great. Obviously, good to see kind of the continuation with Batman and Robin Eternal. Get the orphan in there and spoilers. So it all makes sense. It's in the right direction. I'm digging it. Um, two titles that I'm not saying that I'm a little nervous. Only because I, I want to see how they transition Dick back to Nightwing. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure that goes good. Uh, the fact that Seeley's writing it, obviously him and Tom King on, on uh, Grayson, good hands. I just want to make sure that it goes well. And there's the whole Red Hood with <laughs> Scott Labdell thing that I love Red Hood, love Jason Todd, but I'm still. <laughs> Of all the teams that could have got changed, I was hoping. Yeah, I'm not gonna pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be honest, unless you are, I mean, a good hard Scott, Red Hood fan like like me, I mean, I mean, Lobdell has not done much to earn someone. It, it I don't know. I say I, I, I'm just a little nervous, about it. but that said, overall, it's been great. Again, Detective actually better than Batman right now. I think I think Tom King will do good. Um, it just needs, I guess, some more issues to kind of get what he's getting after. But it's a total role reversal. I thought before Batman was the far superior in Detective. Right now, I think Detective's far superior in Batman. And um, and then we've got a couple other titles. But it, it's been fun, great, and I'm just absolutely loving it. Yeah, I'm I'm on quite a few titles. All all the Batman titles. Um, you know, when Super Sons comes out and Nightwing, obviously, uh, Justice League, um, I picked up, uh, Aquaman, you know, in that, in that bundle. But as far as books that I'm continuing on with outside of the Batman universe, uh, will be, uh, The Flash, which is, uh, really pretty good and Green Arrow. I was kind of, uh, before, uh, Rebirth started i i have all of the green arrow like the dc you before it uh, turns into rebirth i have that entire run still unread and i'm like i actually dropped green arrow going into rebirth going i haven't read the stack yet i'll eventually get around to reading them because i've i was on the book for so long and deathstroke was another book that i was on but both those stacks are still up they were they were good and you know like what tony daniels was doing in deathstroke mm-hmm. but i found my interest getting pulled away so i dropped green arrow and then my friends were like have you have you read yeah. green arrow number one i'm like no i don't get my you know discount books you know just yet and they're like you're gonna kick yourself for dropping the book mm-hmm. and then when i finally got it i called my shop back and said put me on green arrow He's like, I mm-hmm. thought you just dropped this book. I said, yeah, I, I think with Rebirth coming in, they finally lifted the shackles off of what the characters should have been from the beginning rather than going, this is the new 52. We're going to try and make everybody edgier and a little different and de-age people and you know all that type of stuff. And Green Arrow was ones I, I felt from the beginning of the new 52, they really shackled who mm-hmm. Green Arrow is and also Red Robin fell into that same thing it's like mm-hmm. they're only the character by name they're not like oh he's shooting bow and arrows and uh, tim is saying you know bruce alfred and dick in the comics but he sure doesn't feel like tim drake and i feel like with rebirth the characters all of them are finally b- being who the fans wanted them to be to begin with so um it's gonna be a real problem <laughs> moving forward going 
okay, I can't feasibly buy every single book. I've got to dwindle it down. I think that's a great problem to have when mm-hmm. you're, the bulk of your entire line is really good. Um, dropping books just due to time or money or you know uh, what have you. Um, yeah, hey, Rob, you bring up a good point, the de-aging, because I, I th- hopefully they learn from the New 52 that no one really cares what the age of these characters are. No one cares if Batman is 27 or 37 or, you know, it, it, you don't want him 90. But, you know, like the, right. the, within like 15 years or so, we, we care about the story. No one was like, oh, Snyder Capullo, it's so awesome because Batman's like 10 years younger in this one. Then he was, you know, no one cared. It was all about the story. And uh, hopefully they, you know, in fact, it raised points because I, I remember a lot of people like, well, how could Dick be Robin for only six months and all this stuff? Mm. So yeah. hopefully they get over that. The other thing I want to mention, Ryan, uh, how do you go back to work on Wednesday afternoons? If I, if I <laughs> had a break and then had all those comics, I would like sit in my car and either lose track of time or is it tough to go back to work on Wednesday afternoons? So here's what I do on Wednesday. The second clock hits 12. I get out of my desk, rush downstairs, go across the street, get comic books. I will drive home, which is like six minutes. I'll feed the dog. Well, not I'll feed the dog. I feed the dog twice a day, so I don't have to feed the dog in the, for lunch anymore. So I'll like take the dog out, come in. I'll have my lunch kind of ready, and I'll sit down and I'll read. I have just enough time to read like one book from start to finish. Usually, whatever Batman thing is out that week is what I'll probably try to read. And I, I'm able to read one book and then have to rush back to work, and it's like the perfect like hour <laughs> right there. Um, yeah, so as long as I can usually get one book in, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty good. But yeah, it's, Wednesdays are great because of that. And I've got a race. I get off work at 5 o'clock. My, Before your place closes? Yeah, my place closes at 5.30, and oh. I, I started going, and I'm about – I'm pushing 20 minutes away. So like I just make it there, and I started getting there on Wednesdays, and the lady that runs it, it's, it's a children's bookshop, because long story short, our comic book shop closed in town, so the guy that ran it talked to this, uh, it's called Mother Hubbard's Learning Cupboard, it's a, it's a teacher's store, basically. So they agreed to sell comic books, but it's only by order, so these are the books I want, there's no like going in and pulling one off the shelf, it's all, you know, pull list. But because right. I started getting there on Wednesdays, she's like, I will wait till you show up to close. So there's some days like I stroll in at 535 and she's there waiting. The books are on the counter, hand her the card, and bam, I'm out. So, yeah, so that, that's amazing. That's like a full circle from where you started getting comics. Yeah, yeah. That's, com- that's amazing. Completely. So um, hey, uh, quick thing too. Uh, quick question for Luke. Luke, did you not like uh, Justice League Rebirth? Because I saw in one of your videos you kind of gave a like a, uh, and then I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. And the reason why I say is because as I read Justice League Rebirth one, I didn't think it was the greatest of stories, mm-hmm. but I really really liked the ending. Because it has the Justice League, you know, and they, they do like a little voiceover from a newscaster, and it's like, there are heroes, the Justice League. And I just like the idea of the superheroes and the Justice League being the world's heroes, because I'm just so over the heroes being hated, or the bad guys, or the villains, or, you know, the false god of Superman, or the Sokovia agreements and Civil War, or all that. You know, I mean, I got it with X-Men, and when I first read X-Men, I thought, oh, this is kind of cool, they're the heroes, but they're not, you know, 
the, the, the like the Justice League, everyone loves them. But now it's just like it just seems like every hero is like, oh, it, so I, I kind of like the idea of going back to them being the heroes. Mm-hmm. I just it's kind of like why well, I think I mentioned it, but it's no, I didn't actually. Um, yeah. It's important when <laughs> I use the Capolo Snyder example. Uh, when you're going off something like that, which I just totally adore, and then you get the Tom King and, and David Finch is a great artist, and and um, oh geez, what's his name? Uh, Grayson, artist. Oh, um, um, it's a- uh, Mikhail Janin. Yes, great artist, but it's not Snyder Capullo. So when I'm reading Batman, it's like I have this Snyder Capullo vision going on. I'm like, no, I can't do that. That it's long gone. It's now different time whatever so when i'm reading batman it's just kind of getting used to hey it's not snyder anymore capullo totally different but justice league it's kind of like the same thing i loved john's run and i love especially when Faybach. Mm-hmm, it was yeah. just i that the uh, dark side war was just phenomenal so here we go i mean the, obviously the first issue tony and Stalin didn't do and hitch isn't bad I mean, I didn't read his JLA, but I mean, he's not a bad, bad comic book creator. He can write and draw, but it's not what I'm used to. Johns and Faybach and Manipul, I guess too. And it was just—it's—it's it's a little jarring from what I'm used to. It's just the characters are so rich, richly written in the the Johns run, and here it's kind of like okay, it's just a rebirth. It's—it's it's a one. Sort of one and done, kind of setting the stage for how the Justice League is. But that said, if you're reading any other titles, you know that the relationship's already kind of there. I mean, you read Superman, you know, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman already met. So it's like, okay. And and maybe that's not fair, kind of put things into a timeline, whatever. But but it just didn't have the same feel that I was used to. And the story, I thought it was kind of like, meh. It was, it was a good again. It set the stage. I do, I do agree with you how it ended, where it's like, yes, everyone, I'm not looking down on the heroes, they're bad. It's just, maybe it's just again what I'm just used to. It's just not what I've been used to reading with Justice League, and and that's one of those titles. It's, it's got to be. It's, it's not really got to be. It, it's, it's a heavy hitter title. I mean, it's it just. Is, you know what? You know what I've I've kind of seen is that. The rebirth one shots are not necessarily the best indicator of how the actual new series kind of is, which it seems really counterintuitive to me. It's more like a, a feeling of of they don't they haven't done a great all of them have not done a super great job of setting the stage. So maybe the actual series when it starts will be you know better. But I totally get what you're saying. Like how do you follow up a Jeff Johns and Faybach run? You know before. Rebirth, the Rebirth one shot came out. I heard, you know, all the Dark Side War funnels in, into this. So like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go full hog into this. And I got the entire Dark Side War and all the tie-ins and read that entire story in like two days before Rebirth came out. And I was like, oh my god, this, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, anyway, it definitely got got me off on the right foot for, for Rebirth. So, but hopefully, yeah, hopefully Justice League will be good too. Because I'm trying to figure out what title is going to cover the threads that started in the Rebirth one-shot, and I assume that Justice League 
is one of the primary titles that does that, but I'm not too sure. But I want to know that so I can make sure to pick up that book. And I also think that's why you need to be on Titans, because Wally was the catalyst in the Rebirth one-shot, and that's where Wally is. And um, spoilers here, if you don't want to know, because <laughs> it's, it's kind of important, you know, Wally shows up in the Titans book and nobody knows who he is. So he's already established his relationship with Barry and that beautiful scene of, you know, Barry holding Wally and saying, I, I could never forget you. You know, he's having to have have bleh, have that same experience with, you know, uh, Nightwing and Roy and everybody in that group. And it's by him going through and touching and interacting with all of them that all their memories start coming and flooding back in. So I think Justice League and Titans are going to be the overarching story to the main narrative, but I think they said a year or two years for all of these titles will be having little seeds of the Rebirth one-shot, which, you know, not that you have to buy every book, but I think the two books that you'll probably need are Justice League and uh, Titans. And I wanted to say something about Justice League really quick with Hitch writing that was a comment that we made about Tony S. Daniels. As much as I love his writing... And much as I love his drawing, anytime you put a writer and an artist doing the same thing, one of the two ends up suffering. Or their art seems rushed, or the story seems rushed. And his JLA run was really good, but you could tell that things were getting delayed because he was either spending too much time on the story or spending too much time on the art. So I think bringing Daniels in to... Uh, he said in a DC interview that you know now he doesn't have to worry about writing everything or drawing everything that he's you know thinking about. He can just write it, hand it over to Tony, and say go. So I think that'll be hopefully that'll tighten the story up because the Justice League did seem a little loose. But I agree with you, Terrence. It I like the feeling of Superman walking into the room or the Flash and everybody going yay! You know the heroes are here rather than. Oh, that Flash, he runs so fast. You know, he ran over my mother in a, you know, motorized yeah. car, you know, something like that. You got to vilify <laughs> our heroes. So, I was yeah, glad yeah. to I was glad to see that. So, and, for the actual um Justice League book, it's Hitch writing and Tony Daniel doing the art? Yes. That's interesting because they are both writer artists, right? Yes. That's very interesting. Wow. All right. Yeah, because Tony Daniel would have the same problem. I do I feel like Tony oh, Daniel. Oh god. His, his new 52 detective, detective oh, lasted detective. five. It was and beautiful Bat- to look and at. Batman too. He would do the bat. He did the the end of Batman also. Right, writer artist, right? For a long time. Yeah, yeah. The, the tail end yeah. of Batman. Yeah, four yeah. new. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like he's kind of a, a Tony Daniels, kind of an underrated guy. But yeah, you're totally right. Like overall, when when he does do writing and art at the same time, it kind of falls by the wayside a little bit but then you go back and see like the work he did on stuff like batman r.i.p and things like that i'm like yeah tony daniels great and his stuff evolving too so hopefully like both of these writer artists will have the best of their talent you know on that single justice league title of somebody i will say that did it very well i'm not just saying it because you know i'm a robin fan but uh, patrick gleason did a mm-hmm. really good job on uh damien or robin's son of batman series yeah. before going into that he that was one i was like man i love his art you know a can he write and will either suffer and i thought he did a really really good job so and did anyone else um we obviously when rebirth kick off uh, i mean we already kind of let the cat out the bag uh kind of dig back into Watchmen give that another read or read it for the first time or anything like that uh, Terrence always says this that's probably going to kick me off the podcast I've never read Watchmen 
Dude, you haven't read Dark Knight Returns either. <laughs> I have never read The Dark Knight Returns. Uh, oh, okay. I've seen the you animated have... movie. I, I own The Dark Knight Returns. I'm, I am going to read it. Have uh, you seen the Snyder's Watchmen movie? I'm sorry, you're breaking up. Oh, have you seen the Watchmen movie? Sorry, no, Snyder. I can't hear you. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm being a jerk. No, I haven't. Um, I, okay. I am going there, to, I am be, going to watch it. <laughs> that should be, that should be a special. Everyone loves Drake episode. Yeah, the, the 80s catch up. You know, watching the Dark Knight I, Returns. I know that was one of those. I, I'm really like, when it comes to like Elseworld stories, my friends always boo me for it. I'm like, oh, it's an Elseworld. It's not that important. You know, now it's not. Now, yeah, now it's not. So now I'm like, <laughs> not, now I have to read it to to understand what's going on because some of the references. They're like, oh my gosh, did you see you know such and such? I'm like, I, I don't, I didn't get why that was so good. They're like, oh my god, Rob. So, yeah, I've got some serious homework to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm so paranoid. Like, I guess I think it was in the. Well, of course, I saw the happy, happy smiley face pin that Joker yeah. wears in Robin Two, and now like every time something like that happens, I'm like, oh, you know, I think um, in Green Arrow Two, I think I just read it like. Somebody says the word Rorschach, and then I'm just like, oh, Rorschach. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm totally unrelated, but I just like keep picking, trying to pick up on it, you know? Cool. I have not read um, Watchmen again, uh, although I've read it several times. But I am wondering, because there's clues that they drop, and it just seems like – it's you know it would be you know Doctor Manhattan behind all this because he's got the power, but it just makes me wonder if that's to throw you off or is it all the Watchmen involved or what's going on? Um, so uh, and there's the guy who I I don't really know. He's got like a um, a green cape on. He's oh, yeah. uh, and he was Oz, like us. Is that Oz? Uh, Osmatarian or God? What's yeah. his name? No, 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 Oz, not from Watchmen. The guy in, uh, in uh, Action Comics. That guy. Yeah, oh, he's in, he's in Action Comics. He's like like watching the Clark Kent and the Superman and mm. Lex Luthor and everybody fight. He's like watching um, Lois and John. Um, but he's also in Rebirth. Like there's a scene where like um, um, the Aquaman's father is in and he's I think it's the same guy and he talks to Aquaman's father and says like um where is it here and neither was the fallen Superman or something so I'm, I'm wondering if he's a part of it almost like when they did re um when they did the new 52 uh, and uh, I'm sorry he's not talking to Aquaman's father he's talking to super uh, Superman um on oh, the yeah. same page as Aquaman um and um the uh, what you call oh when they did the new fifty two they had uh, Pandora like hidden in every first issue mm-hmm. so I wonder if they're setting anything like that up so I haven't read the Watchmen but I've thought about it a lot as far as the setup very interesting I I cannot comment intelligently <laughs> it's such a good book it, it, yeah you got to read it, it. it it's a little long but it's, it'll take it's, a long time to read yeah oh, but I'll, it's worth it's worth the time it's worth the investment. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You got you. You guys have already been selling me on it because I'm like I don't understand what's going on. I don't like not knowing what's going on. I got to pick it up now. Um, so we'll move into the uh, next topic. We were good. we've been kind of talking about Batman, but I kind of want to zero it in just to uh, Batman in general. Uh, I've heard Bill say this on <laughs> uh, Bof uh, about Batman's costume, and I posted a picture of the Power oh, yeah. Attack Mattel Batman costume where I feel like Snyder. Uh, or Capullo looked at his kids playing with a Batman action figure and said, "Hey, I like that logo." Now that being said, I thought this was—I thought I like most of the costume. Uh, 
some people were like, I don't like the purple inside of the cape. I'm like, eh, you know, I guess everybody needs a two-toned cape. You know, Red Robin's got yellow. Batwoman's got red. You know, Batman's got purple now. Um, that doesn't bother me as much because sometimes you would get, you know, just something just to break up the color. Um, I didn't know how I felt about the bat with the yellow outline around it. It looked a little bit toyish. It's really growing on me, and I like it, like the belt where it looks almost black with the yellow outline around it. So the costume doesn't bother me as much now as it once did. At first I thought, man, you know, Tim looks great in his costume, and Batman looks stupid. Now it's now it's grown on me now that we're a month into it. So I wanted to ask you guys just about <laughs> Batman's costume, and um, Luke had kind of mentioned it. Um, I'm not feeling the Batman title as much as I wanted to. Um, I was really hoping King was just going to come out full guns blazing, and he's not. That that's not a bad thing. But reading that first issue, I was like, okay, it's good, but. I didn't feel like I had a lot just to chew on at first, and the second issue was a little bit better, but I hope it's not going to be like a Snyder thing where it's going to take 12 issues to get through for the first arc and where you go, oh, okay, now, now it's really good. So I'll just do your guys' impressions of Batman, then we'll move into our first book, Detective. But uh, let's kick it over to Terrence. Costume, uh, uh, I, I really like it. Um I liked it right from the start. I like the logo. It's kind of a mix of the old. Uh, it's got the yellow. I hope they stick with it for a while because I hate it when they have it for three months and then do something else for three months. Um, I, I, I did not like the New 52, all those lines that were on the costume. See, that was um, something I thought, too, that there's no way that somebody's going to do all those panel lines. And they did every single panel line for five years. So yeah. I would think this costume's got to be a lot easier to draw and stick. Sorry to interrupt you there. Oh, yeah, and that might be part of coming out with a book uh, every two weeks. Um, the artist said, like, well, we've got to streamline some stuff. I, the purple doesn't bother me. Um, it wouldn't be my first choice. I probably would have just went with an all-black cape. But the way they use it, it's kind of like when Batman used to have, like, his underwear on the outside. Like, there are some issues where with the shadowing and the coloring, you wouldn't see that at all. Same thing with the cape. Like, you can look at ma- many, many panels here, and you don't see any purple at all. They've colored it all black, and then they've highlighted purple here and there. So as long as it's not like every panel, here's some purple in your face, and it's just done occasionally um, – I have no problem with it, even though it wouldn't be my first choice. And as far as like uh, what Luke was saying, I've really enjoyed the first th- two or three, if you count Rebirth, issues of uh, the King Batman. I When I read it, there's been so many Batman titles and so many different things that have come, and Shadow of the Bat and Legends of the Dark Knight and Batman and Robin and all that. Like When I picked this up, I'm not thinking, at least in my mind, like, oh, this is this could have been – you know Snyder and Capullo but now it's somebody different to me it's just I feel like it's just another Batman book like this could have been Legends of the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight or so I don't feel that like loss of Snyder and Capullo I am looking forward to Snyder's All-Star pretty soon Mm -hmm. um and so I really liked it and the these new characters Gotham and Gotham Girl I really like I I get the feeling that they're short term I don't think they're going to be around for a while I think they're just the one story and they're going to have some kind of ending but i could be wrong and this might be weird but overall the the batman book has given me the same feel as sort of all-star bat i'm sorry all-star superman uh the the gotham and gotham girl kind of remind me of the kryptonians that Mm. show up a little bit and it 
it's hard to totally place, but it um, it just gave me that feel of that book, and I, I really liked it a lot. So overall, I'm really happy with the new the new Batman look. Uh, Luke, uh, I I remember the uh, issue 50 when they released the uh, the new look. It, it was like I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. I was like, hey, it's, oh, it's okay, and it does it it has over time definitely grown on me. I do like it. I like the purple. The throwback, you know, the purple gloves back yeah. in the beginning, and it does kind of break it up a little bit. I mean, you're looking at it; it does kind of pop off, so it looks gives a little bit more depth. And do agree with you on the on, on the belt. So, I mean, it's it's good. I like it. Uh, I know stuff, certain panels, Finch like hits a home run with how it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that one where he's going up on the in the ejector seat to go up to the plane. The way that one panel looked, it would look really cool. It's the whole design. So it does, and then I good point i think it does stream like it streamline it a little bit more it's not a little less detail required so obviously doing the double shipping it does come a little more functional so good point there um the batman title yeah i mean like I said, it sounds like i'm i'm hating on it, and i don't hate it it's just it just needs some time i use the analogy you know getting a bottle of wine popping it up and before you just start chugging you just kind of let it breathe for a little bit it, i think pumpkin just needs to kind of I think he's just setting the stage right now and kind of getting there. The Gotham girl and Gotham character, I like how they're interjecting new people into uh, Batman. I love that. That's cool. Uh, the thing I have, it is they just seem really out of place. Because in Gotham, really, with the exception, well, pretend. That's the point. Pretend, yeah, yeah, right. And I think, yeah, it's just the exception of Solomon Grundy. I mean, they, the heroes and the villains don't really have superpowers all that much. They're just normal people who either can do really good things or really jacked up things. I mean, Joker, just a nutball. He can just take things to the extreme. Batman, just a normal person with obviously some help. So, yeah, just can do really good things. You don't see too many of them flying around. It just They just seem, they just seem a little bit out of place, which, yeah, good point. So, um, But that said, I mean... Janin, I, I like the one shot. See, that's why I like I mean, the, the whole thing with Calendar Man. I love that. If this is what we're going to be getting with Batman, I'm, I'm down. It just, even then, I had Snyder involved a little bit too. So, yeah. it, it, I don't hate on Batman. <laughs> it's still good. It just, I think it needs some time. I, I think that's where I'm with it too. Uh, Ryan, what were your thoughts on, on Batman? Oh, well, uh, I know this is going to sound hypocritical because I really like uh, Jean-Paul as Bat costume and everything, but I, when we've been crapping all over this <laughs> on the BOF podcast, but, but we don't, none of us, me included, don't really like the new costume at all. I mean, I, personally, I just feel it's too busy. The It looks like it's trying too hard to be toyetic and too hard to be different, too hard to be all over the place like wow look at this this is different kind of a thing to me um the, the logo with the pinstripe or whatever like that's okay the belt i don't like but the the thing i like least of all is the purple cape i mean i just i just don't like it i mean i get it in the zero year and that was kind of a cool visual with the purple gloves and everything but now we're past that we're past snyder capullo and everything and it's just kind of a lingering thing and i just i don't like the purple and you know i my Batman sensibilities just just keep confiding with it every time I see it see it because I'm like Batman's like a walking shadow he doesn't need another color to break up his silhouette you know he needs to be like 
in the darkness and black and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm like he doesn't need purple in there just to you know. So I I don't like the costume and I'm probably never going to like the costume. The, I feel like the, the more that Rebirth will go on, you, we'll start to see that purple fade away more. And we're already kind of seeing it, depending on the artist, I think. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, but it, it's it's not affecting my enjoyment of the titles, really, at all. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't like the costume. Uh, other than that, though, um, I am really enjoying uh, Tom King's Batman. Um, I think uh, the BOF guys all kind of think that title is quite a bit better than detective and i'm kind of on the other end i mean i although um they're a little they're close they're closer to me i'm enjoying them both very much and probably detective a little bit more just because i feel like we'll get in we'll get into it in a little bit but i feel like compared to um <laughs> batman detective i feel like you're getting a little bit more bang for your buck because it's juggling all these different characters and doing a really good job with it and in batman it is kind of a more uh, focused story with less characters which is not a bad thing really um the Gotham and Gotham Girl thing is interesting. I, I know it, it feels out of place, but I feel like that's on purpose. I keep feeling like they, those characters have got to be like, well, why are they there? What's their origin? And I feel like they've got to be either evil or created by somebody. I mean, I, there's got to be like some weird plot going on, I think. Um, and it's interesting, though. I like the way King is writing Batman because he's a Batman that knows he's Batman but knows his limitations, knows when to, you know ask for help when he needs it, you know, uh, it's, it's a really cool interpretation. It's all, and it kind of reminds me of, uh, the animated series, Batman a little bit, you know, I've been rewatching some of those episodes mm-hmm. lately. So it's, it's a cool interpretation. I like it. Um, one thing I, I am kind of on the fence about is I do feel like in, uh, Batman one and two, he is kind of relying on like dialogue and moments lifted from other comics or the dark Knight trilogy to kind of, poke at your, like, Batman emotions a little bit, you know? Like, just complete words and stuff lifted out of of, uh, of those movies and stuff. And I'm like, I can see a little bit less of that. I know, I know it's, like, not a bad thing to do because, you know, all these stories build upon what's happened before, but to com- keep directly, like, referring to it in both of these two issues, I'm like, eh, it could be a little bit more original. Um but that's but that's just me. Overall, though, I am enjoying it, and the dialogue's nice and snappy. And this Alfred, I love I've loved the way Alfred's being written and stuff like that. I mean, it's just really solid stuff. Yeah, definitely. I agree as well. Um, I, me being an action figure collector, I want to see Batman in action figure form, and see. Um, and it's a question I have now, going back to like the '80s and '90s: Is Batman black and gray, or is he blue and gray again? Because depending on how, I mean, he's not like Capullo's Batman. You could definitely tell he was a black, uh, you know, cowl cape with a gray bodysuit. But we're kind of teetering back to the blue-gray Batman in Rebirth. So I don't know if anybody else gets that vibe a little bit too. Then maybe that's the kind of the contrast with the purple being in there, trying to tip the hat back to a blue-gray Batman. But let's move on to our first book, our first two books of the day, uh, Detective Comics. And can't believe I'm finally saying Detective Comics 934 and 935. They went back to uh, the renumbering now that Action and Detective Comics um, are slowly, uh, actually probably quickly approaching now with going uh, twice a month to uh, – 
their 1,000th issue. I wish they just would do that across the board. Any book that's already had a previous uh, series going on, just go back to the numbering the way it is. But that's just me. They uh, should start with 1,000 and then work back down to 936. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, like, count, like Countdown. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, so, uh, this is brought to us by James, uh, tying in the fourth, uh, Eddie Barrows, uh, I see I'm going to botch these names too, (laughs) Ferriera, if I'm saying that right, and Lucas, uh, this first, uh, cover here, um, I, I love this cover. Um, seeing Clayface here, and this was when the solicits came out, Terrence and I uh, were talking about it, like, what, what role is Clayface uh, going to play into this? We've got, spoiler here, Batwoman, Orphan, uh, Batman uh, front and center, and this little guy off to the side in his yeah. classic Robin costume. And Luke, you kind of said something briefly, uh, an issue with Tim here. And I'm surprised that people are taking so much criticism is the wrong word, but I guess complaining is like, why is Tim in this color? Shouldn't he be in red and black costume, you know, the one year later costume? Um, I love oh. seeing Tim here in this classic costume and people going, well, he's called red Robin. There sure isn't a heck of a lot of red in there. To me, it's, it's what makes this character, you know, it's, it's his legacy uh, costume. I think it's kind of cool in this book to have a Batman with a Robin in this bat family book. So, uh, just going off the uh, cover here, guys, you know, what are your thoughts about the cover? Um, and seeing Eddie Barrows here for people that uh, may not remember, uh, Eddie Barrows was doing uh, the New 52 Nightwing book, and that was a beautiful book to look at, too. But my only issue with Eddie Barrows is after a while, there started being more fill-in issues in the Nightwing series. So uh, the question I wanted to ask, I was trying to look before we recorded, is there going to be a second artist in the um, detective comic series to help Eddie Barrows out with uh, the art here. So I'll th- let's kick it off to uh, Luke. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm, you would almost assume there'd be a second artist. So yeah, mm, but yeah, I agree. That his art was just—it is so good, so good. Um, I guess I just kind of—I just go ahead and segue what I was kind of hitting on. A little disappointing with Robin. The design—I had no problem. What I kind of have a problem with is that cause I know technically he wasn't a Robin, and then later in the next issue, you were a Robin. It's the fact that he's being like, you need trained. It, it just kind of downplay him. I think he's better than what I guess is being portrayed. He's smart enough. I think he's got the experience. He knows what he's doing. So I don't, I don't think he needs to be. I mean, Batwoman's got to hold his hand to train him, and he's with the, uh, Portrayal that he says he can't protect himself by these people that are, you know, eavesdropping on on the vigilantes. I, I just think he's getting kind of shortcut a little bit. So maybe it's just I don't I, know. I just got that vibe. I understand a little bit, but it's still good. I mean, I love that the next issue, him being an old technical savvy, got that cool program. That's great. Um, the first issue it was good. I mean, it, yeah, the cover. Clayface, <laughs> it's. I, I'm, I'm hoping Clayface works because he does have some parts. I mean, you've seen some Clayface stuff in the past where it's like you can see him sort of be a good guy, sort of. What it was the animated uh, series episode where he has the the one where like um, the little girl, oh, kind of yeah, 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 with Tim. You you see parts in that. It's like. You, can see some good things with him, but then kind of whatever. So 
I, I, it's interesting. I like it, and I think it reads good. The art, yeah, it's good. The only question, it kind of goes with some of these, with the Rebirth, too, is with some of these big-name folks they have on writing, maybe not writing, but definitely on the art, is how long they're going to stay. Yeah, That's my kind of fear. You know? I mean, it be about 60 issues later, and then Burrow's going to leave, and then we get someone else. So we'll I've see. got info about that, actually. Oh, you do? Cool. Yeah. So, let's see. So, starting with the next issue, this week's, with the nine uh, 936, Six. is already going to be a different artist. It's going to be Alvaro Martinez. That's not and bad. He's, oh. And he's, he's going to be... He was on what? He was on the... I think he did some Eternal. Yeah. Okay. And he's going to be on the on the comic until between 936 and 938. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie Barrows will come back for 939 and 940. And then 941 is going to be that Night of the Monster Man crossover. Okay. Between, I'm not sure what all the titles, I know it's like Batman and Detective and something else, maybe. So. Cool. Well, since you're uh, already speaking there, uh, just your thoughts on the cover and just, um, you know, the designs and all that stuff. Oh, I love the cover. I mean, it's kind of a cool, like, this is what the book is, you know, and it's got, like, the whole team there. It's a team, it is a team book. It's like a Batman and the Outsiders, but more Batman focused, more Batman characters, and you know the the big wild card for me was Clayface. Like, how is he going to fit in there? And I think they've done a great job of just putting something kind of cool in there. And the and uh, the, what they're doing with him in the story, I think, is just just great. And um, but I, lo- I love the cover. I mean, it's it's just a I love the snow. I like seeing Tim in his classic costume. I like the fact that um, DC Rebirth has aligned the characters in such a way where uh, Batman has Tim Drake as his Robin here for this story, for this uh, iteration here. You know, you've got um, Nightwing doing his own stuff, the, uh, Red Hood doing his own stuff, and even uh, Damien, I guess, is going to be in Teen Titans as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I like the fact that Detective Comics ha- uh, is the home for Tim Drake here, and I think that's that just speaks to the legacy of the, all the characters, and I think that they're working together very well. And I, and I like how most all these costumes are, you know, they... They are new, but they they still harken back to, you know, the way that you kind of remember the characters. You know, Tim Drake is obviously a perfect example for that, but you also look at characters like uh, Spoiler, which is like a crossbreed between the original Spoiler outfit and the way her Batgirl costume looked with the little ridges, mm-hmm. um, which I think that's really cool. And the fact that you can see her face now, it's half-covered, I think that's really interesting because that um, – uh, differentiates her from Orphan, and of course Orphan should have the whole face covered because Orphan used to be Black Bat, before that used to be Batgirl. So you've got two old Batgirls, um, former Batgirls in DC Comics uh, lore coming back, and they've given them new or revised identities, and I think those are working very well. And you know, Batwoman has always been kind of a wild card for me because she's always been sort of sort of this outlier character. She you know she was introduced. Uh, herself and you know well she had uh, she was in detective comics as well you know it, mm. it was a solo bat woman comic and it was she was an interesting character but she was always very separated from the rest of the bat universe she was only tangentially related so um the fact that they're using her in the way they're using her in detective comics i think is very smart and it's it's something new and fresh but because of the history of the characters it it seems like it you know was the right way to go the whole time so i think it's you know, I know that's a lot to get out of a cover, but but uh, it's it's a, it's a great cover and it just represents what uh, the promise of this uh, new series kind of 
will bring to itself, I think. Excellent. Uh, Terrence? Yeah, um, on what Luke said about Tim Drake being shortchanged, I, I didn't feel it as much. I, I did kind of think a little bit, but I thought they were maybe de-aging him a little bit so that his time and his tenure as an action hero has been a little less. But I also thought, you know, Batman kind of said, you're my lieutenant on this. And even if he was, like, very well-trained and had great skills, he still needs to know how to kind of work within the team. So, you know, it's kind of more team training than just Batman thinking he's not ready. I also made me kind of amp up the threat, you know, who attacks Asriel and who who is this threat? Because obviously Batman knows more than he's letting on because Batman always knows more than he's letting on. <laughs> Jerk. And so it kind of, <laughs> for me, it, it, it ramped up that threat of like, oh, man, if he thinks, you know, Tim Drake needs all this training and stuff, they've got something major coming. Um, cover is fantastic. I actually bought two versions. I bought the um, original version, and then they came out with a second printing where the re- rebirth is in like orange. That part, and I mm-hmm. bought that too. So, um, but the only my only knock on it, um, I love the spoiler, love everything. I don't like. I'm not crazy about the name Orphan. I wish they would have kept it as Black Bat or or something. Yeah. And I don't like yeah. the top of her head. I, I just feel like it needs bad ears or or needs something. Everything else I'm cool sure. with. I just just something about the top of her head. It's like too Uncle Fester for me. I mm-hmm. I, I need that Clayface. I love the addition of Clayface because it is kind of controversial and it's sparked a lot of discussion and I like that. And when I first started reading comics and was introduced to Clayface, he was a very sympathetic character. Um, my origin of him was that he was an actor and he was getting old and so therefore he was getting overlooked for like movie roles and parts and he had gotten some kind of cream that was supposed to like take away the wrinkles and in fact it actually turned him into Clayface. So he wasn't really like a bad person or a bad guy, he just kind of had bad luck since then they've changed that origin and I've seen other things where he was murdering people and killing people and was really really a bad guy but for me I could I could see him being a hero if you go back to that just original like just the guy with the bad luck almost the way Mr. Freeze was portrayed in the animated series yeah. where mm-hmm. it, you know it wasn't he wasn't really that bad of a guy and you could kind of feel bad for him so and I kind of like that original version of Clayface so I, I'm I, I hope they keep Clayface for a while. Yeah. Plus, I think more than any other character, I think Clayface has had the most iterations and the most uh, different uh, actual people being Clayface. In, three in, in at least, Batman right? Lore, too. Well, it's more than three. It's like four or five. Oh, yeah. Something, yeah. It's something crazy like that. you know. And, of course, you go into the animated series. You've got uh, the Batman. Since they couldn't use Two-Face, they kind of made Clayface their version of that, that tragic person that uh, knew Bruce Wayne and... You don't want to spoil it, but you know that's their clay yeah. is a very interesting interpretation. So it's it's fun to see a, a, a different new use of of that character. Now I don't know how much Ryan or Terrence will pick up on this, but I know Luke, you will. Um, Bruce and Clayface have already previously met, and the one time Snyder did a two issue mm-hmm. series where um, took his DNA. He took took his DNA. So people going, I don't understand why Clayface is here. I think this is also one of those. Bruce knows that Clayface knows who he is or has a pretty good idea, so why not bring him into the fold? And with Tinian being you know, so closely tied to Snyder, I think that's something he probably latched onto right away. 
and do you uh, know which issues of that that is? Nineteen and twenty. Nineteen, and twenty. Yep, you're right. Nineteen and twenty. Yeah, it's a two issue run. It's it's a really good story, mm-hmm. and uh, and doesn't that go into um, uh, oh good grief? What's the last Snyder story? Um, Super heavy. No, 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 no. Um, Zero year. No, the the one that bridges, um, the the story that would follow right after that. Um, I got my comics right out of reach. Oh, you talking about the the trade? Yeah. Oh, it's a graveyard shift. Yeah, yeah. Has yeah. So yeah, it's it's really good. But uh, since we've already talked about the beginning of it with Azrael here, um, Ryan, I think this probably had to be a pretty cool moment for you. <laughs> Picking up Detective Comics in the very first page is, you oh, know, Azrael yeah. in here. And, yeah. Uh, I, I really feel like we were saying in the Batman and Robin Eternal podcast that we were kind of hoping that this would, you know, bleed into Rebirth. I really feel like if you were reading Batman and Robin Eternal, this is a natural progression of all of these characters and, you know, I was kind of hoping, like, I really hope we don't lose, you know, Azrael, and he was only in Batman and Robin Eternal. So, um, again, I'm saying the same thing. I hope we don't lose him, you know, after this yeah. first arc. So it's really cool. It'd be great if he was, you know, the next member of the team, you know, in here. Uh, but him getting his butt handed to him, and you get this. I've been playing so much Batman Arkham Knight that <laughs> I get a oh, yeah, an, yeah. an Arkham Knight vibe out of you know, whoever the big bad is here. And uh, I thought that was a cool moment to see Batman come in and uh, him ask Azrael, who did this to you? And he said, you did. And then we got, you know, the mysterious person behind the monitor, you know, kind of laughing at Batman and um, things are really ramping up here. And I didn't read Batwoman in the new 52. And my only interaction with Batwoman was in, um, Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin run whenever she would appear in there. So this is kind of a, a nice little history lesson uh, for me of who Batwoman is outside of some animated movies and just wherever she uh, popped into that her dad is basically her Alfred. You know, so I think it's kind of cool that, you know, you have Batman that's, you know, doesn't want to trust people at only on his terms, and Batwoman is kind of the same way. So as Batwoman is saying, you know, there's no secrets. I'm in here as an equal partner. And you know that both of those people, Batman and Batwoman, are saying, yep, sure, you're, we're equals, we're on the same playing field, but both of them are pulling punches with each other. They're not playing their full cards. So I think that's going to add a division to the team of who's going to side with who, who's siding with Batman, who's siding with Batwoman at the end of the day. So I think it's been a, a really cool uh, moment. Rather than go through every single uh, page and issue here recounting the story, hopefully everybody out there has read these issues, I just kind of want to go through these two issues here and just pull out some moments that uh, you guys really liked, what were some uh, parts that just got you really excited about the story in the book, um, not just trying to say, oh, this is my favorite out of you know the Batman title and the De- Detective Comics title. This just really felt like this is the book I, I really wanted for a very long time as a Batman team-up book and a book that is very detective-based. You have Batman doing detective work. You have Batwoman doing detective work. Uh, Tim and uh, Stephanie are doing work here, and I kind of want to go to their... Uh, page here since this is everyone loves the Drake where after they're taken on the uh, penguins uh, thugs here where uh, Tim tells Stephanie you know you know I got a letter and uh, 
that that whole thing, what what that might be, um, kind of going back and forth as Tim getting you know a, a scholarship here, um, and I was kind of hoping they were going to address Tim's costume, which that comes in the next issue here where uh, Bruce actually gives Tim this Robin costume I think is kind of a way for the readers saying you know yes you were a Robin so here's you know a Robin costume uh, do you guys have any thoughts or feelings about what uh, Tim's letter is although I think it's probably to a some type of a college or him getting out of the superhero game um, I think it'll probably play into something that he's going to have to make a choice between staying or leaving so uh, let's kick it off to you Terrence I thought it was, and you said mentioned favorite scenes. Oh, I, I got a bunch of favorite scenes. One of my favorite is <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in in issue nine thirty five. There, the second issue, um, yeah. Tim and Stephanie are an item, and they're a very intimate item. Yeah. And I had wondered where would they do that, and I was okay if they had not known each other, and they he wanted to start the relationship from scratch. But the fact that they're they're a couple, or at least hooking up, uh, I was like, all right, woo-hoo. all right. Uh, <laughs> and there he says, um, but I okay. thought he. He, or he says, look, it's an incredible program. Ivy University only gives out one genius grant a year. It's an unparalleled fast track to postgraduate work with the top scientific minds in the country. I thought that's what the letter was, yeah, that he yeah. had gotten this genius grant. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll edit this out for the sake of the podcast. I think I was starting the discussion with this one single issue and then realized oh. we've got two issues here, so I'm just going to I'm gonna cut my little segment out and – uh, so if you want to go back into his letter, okay, just because you, you you had said uh, any um, any thoughts and the, I, it, two issues, so I, yeah. I got confused there. Okay, you tricked me there. Right. <laughs> way to stay way to way to stay on my toes. Yeah. So what did you want me to start uh, just, with? Just kind of come back in with. Uh, or you want to just do like our favorite scenes from the yeah, book? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to cut my part out and say you know what your favorite scenes from the book. So start from there again. All right. So I uh, want to. I think my favorite scene, or one of at least the top three in issue 935, is when you see that Tim and Stephanie are an item, or at least hooking up here. Because we had talked earlier and said, where would they take their relationship? Would they have known each other? Um, it, one of the things we'll see in the old Robin book is we kind of, I kind of like how. Robin knows who Stephanie is, but Stephanie doesn't know Tim, and he kind of rubs that in her face all the time. Um, but here we see right away um, that they are together, they're kissing, they're spending the night together, and it explains kind of what that letter is. And it, it's kind of cool that Tim now is torn between, should I take this genius grant from Ivy University and have this a whole other life? Or should I stay here with Batman and you know do what he wants me to do? And it's 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 I think it's a really great plot device. It's a really great way to like really put like some um, mystery into what is he going to do and the decision making and the tormenting for him. And it's probably something a lot of people go through with you know big decisions and should I take a job here or go to college there? Um, so yeah, I I really like that. Um, did you guys like the scene that or know that they're together? I thought that was really pretty cool. That was something that I'm sure maybe it'll probably get sprinkled in, but for a lot of us going, just just put them together. I, you know, it's probably the lapse of time between Batman and Robin Eternal. They have a relationship, and you can obviously see here. I don't think this is the first time they've gone out to dinner, and brown chicken, brown cow happens, you know, right afterwards. That uh, <laughs> that's my fake porno music there, in case you're wondering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but oh, I thought you uh, said brown chick and brown cow, and I was like, what is? 
that? I missed something here. But I don't know what you guys in Ohio call it, but I've never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, there was a country song that their line is brown chicken, brown cow. So if you say it fast enough, it sounds like brown chicken, brown wow, that type mm-hmm. of thing. So, okay. um, but yeah, I, I liked that in there, uh, that there are a couple and Tim has a confidant, somebody that he can talk to. So it's, they're kind of pairing up people here. We have Bruce and Alfred. We have, um, Kate and her dad. Now we've got Tim and um, Steph here, which kind of leaves Orphan out in the middle. But Clayface has got some issues, so I I wouldn't be surprised if Orphan and Clayface don't strike up some type of conversation or you know just banter back and forth because they're they're the outsiders themselves. But um, I, I just like how Steph is playing the. And not in a bad way, but playing the atypical girlfriend or wife scenario of like, you know, did you tell your boss or, you know, having that person that Tim can come home to and just kind of unload on and vice versa for the two of them. So I think that's a really cool dynamic. Now, Luke, what do you think of uh, Terrence's favorite scene there? Oh, I dig it. I mean, obviously, it's kind of what they're going for, legacy, the whole rebirth thing. They were a thing before. So I mean, I loved it. That was that was really cool. Um, the things I kind of like about it too, the second issue, the variant cover. If you've seen it, it actually looks like the whole Batwoman detective run had a had the banner and and the way that the art was done. Oh yeah, uh, it was. I was just like, oh, that is just so awesome. <laughs> um, other good moments in it. It's I like the. The reveal, Bruce, when he uh, takes off the cow in front of uh, uh, Kate, and she's like, "Duh, I knew." And he was kind of <laughs> like, "I'm gonna do a big, big step. I'm gonna reveal." And she's like, "Yeah, I know. We, we're cousins. Your, your mom is like my aunt." Yeah. So, <laughs> but what I do like about it is that because oh, that woman's run, it, it was really good. Obviously, pre New Fifty Two, it was good with J.H. Williams in the beginning, but when it got to what's his name. Oh, and Draco, it just yeah. So the fact that they're just reestablish her as a credible one, credible character, got her, got to her traits down, and that I, not to uh, just be affirmed that she's not playing second fiddle to Bruce. I mean, she can hold her own. I mean, I think they nailed that to a T, which is really great. And they got the whole military and, and the, the whole training part with how they're training, you know. Orphan and Steph and and Tim and Clayface, it just fits her military background like to a T. So it's just, I love it. This is just really cool. And I, I know Rob, I, uh, you probably thought the same thing. I think you already said it too. It's just like when you're watching, especially the end of the, the second issue, it just like screamed Arkham Knight to me. I was just like, oh yeah. <laughs> Which then got me a little worried. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh, we'll see, because you know, I'm right. Going. Uh, Ryan, yeah. sorry. No, I'm sorry. And then Tim, I, I love that whole the, the program he created uh, with uh, using a little piece of DNA from Clayface. Got the whole training scenario. That was great. So I like that. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Oh, I mean, there's tons of great moments in both these issues. You know, and you look at the first issue. Obviously, the first thing I thought was like, "Holy crap, Azrael! This is great, <laughs> Azrael! You know, <laughs> yay!" <laughs> So I felt like so like you know happy and vindicated that there there he was Azrael and 
and hopefully they'll they'll continue to use him throughout the this arc at least. You know, I think he's in the second issue, so I don't think they're dropping him right away. So that's you know, I'm really happy to see that. Um, and there's just some other great moments in that first issue too. You know, you've got the the I like the moment where um, Batman confronts. Uh, Batwoman, you know, out of costume, and he's just like, I want you to take a look at this, and what is it? It's a mystery. You know, I love the fact that Detective Comics has a line in it in the first, it's, quote, first new issue saying, like, it's a mystery, you know, we have to solve it, we're detectives. I think that's really cool. Um, and so that's, so that was a big standout thing for me. Um, Tim, <coughs> you know, I like the way Tim is introduced. Uh, he's not as, like, they don't spend as much time as like trying to really establish him, but I feel like that just gives that's a credit to how strong the character is, you know, and how much people just want to see him. They don't have to spend a lot of time giving him a status quo because this is okay. This is how we want to see him, and here he is, and let's let's he's already part of the story, so I think that's cool. Um, and he gets he, uh, the the best scene with him so far is in the second issue um, where he does get to talk to Batman. And Batman explains, you know, how he he was always a Robin uh, to him, and it just mm-hmm. it enforces how important Tim is to Batman from Batman's perspective. And it it is, and it also kind of talks to us as readers. You know, there it's like Tinian's like saying, like, yeah, I know that Tim is this important, and uh, I'm not gonna you know let you down in the story. So that I think think there is like two things going on there. So um, I thought that was really great too. And I like seeing, um, especially since I've you know I'm reading ahead on the old Robin series. I think I'm up to issue like 11 or 12 or something. I'm enjoying seeing uh, the interplay between Tim and Stephanie in those old issues and then comparing it to uh, these new issues as well. So I thought that was, that's a really fun dynamic as well. Uh, Two things for me that I really like out of it. Uh, First geek out moment. I think I've probably told some of you guys and I posted this on our Facebook page, uh, but Tim's override code, uh, Red Robin override code 436. Oh, that was so awesome. Um, yeah, I saw that. that, that I did a fist uh, bump, uh, bump in the air because that's, of course, is uh, Batman 436 uh, reference. Tim's very first appearance in uh, comics, so I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, Tiny and uh, he's been saying he's been a big Tim Drake fan, so putting those little nuggets for other uh, Tim Drake fans uh, like, you know, all of us here. Um, was just a really cool moment. And something that uh, I really liked was the Clayface um, recruitment scene in uh, the first issue where you know he scared everybody out of the movie theater and all he wanted to do was go in and watch you know one of his last movies and was basically just you know kind of just kind of going through the accident that had happened to him and telling Batman and Batwoman, you know before you take me in, can I just finish watching the movie, you know, all I want to do is just kind of see myself the way I used to be one last time, and that's where Batman is saying, you know, we've we've got a job offer for you, and Clayface kind of doing the, like, what moment, but as, you know, the, oh, you know, feel so bad for Clayface, the, the next two pages made me really laugh, you know, they're on top of the, you know, GCPD, the bat signal's lit, the whole team is here. And everybody's firing their grappling guns and flying off into the night. And Clayface <laughs> is like, uh, "How am I supposed to do that? Like, there, there's no yeah. way for Clayface to kind of continue on to go to the next building." Which I thought that was really, uh, really pretty cool. So um, then I kind of wanted to speculate, um, or you guys, how many thoughts of who uh, the big bad is here. Uh, going to be in this. Um, their hive, I believe, is what they're called, if I've got that right. 
um, or the hive, maybe their the location or whatever. Um, it's it's cool that it's uh, we've got this force going up against uh, Batman here. We can kind of see um, that they've got some Tumblr esque vehicles here and some um, Arkham Knight Batmobiles, where where yeah. it kind of looks like going on here, uh, taking down uh, Batman. We've got the preview. Uh, from this week's issue already out where it shows uh, them beating almost the tar out of Batman and you're seeing the, the look and horror on you know Red Robin and Batwoman's face. So uh, I, I like this, you know, this army of a threat. You can kind of see why Batman put a team here. Do you think there's is this going to be a new villain for us? Or are we going to get a classic villain behind here? Do you guys have any thoughts or ideas behind it? Let's start with you, Terrence. I think it's either Jason Todd or Ambush Bug. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm hoping for Ambush Bug now that you yeah. said it. No, I don't. Um, I, I don't think it's Jason Todd. I, I was just saying that to yeah, Bug yeah. Luke. But um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, this one of the nice things about the book coming out every two weeks is that I won't have to wait, you know, four months or five months for a reveal. It may happen in just a few weeks. Um, but yeah, no, it, I have no clue. Uh, Luke. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm. I don't. I thought for sure it was almost was Jason, but as time goes on, it's like yeah. But I'm. It's like the back of my mind going, oh god, because I know in the, in the solicitations for his book, he's supposed to be more of like a enemy toward Bruce. So it's just like, oh god, please don't let it be him. <laughs> like, uh, other than that. Uh, I have no idea, and it would be cool if it was someone new. Yeah, I really do. It's keep going with what what they're doing, bringing new big, even like say Gotham, Gotham Girl, okay, got, but it's new. I'd be totally cool if it was someone new. Excellent, Ryan. Any thoughts? I kind of feel like it probably is someone new, just because. I mean, and it's the kind of thing I'm like happy to read the story and let it unfold personally. Um, I kind of wonder. I haven't been too much up to um, with like Batman and Robin Eternal and stuff like that, but like, what if it's Bane again? I mean, I don't know what the last thing he's mm-hmm. done, but like, I was like, oh, it's militaristic, and oh, Azrael's in it too. Like, wouldn't that be great if like it was Bane and he has an army? But um, I don't know. It, but but regardless of who the enemy is, it's it's a it's cool to see a uh, force large enough to warrant Batman creating this this army, you know, the Batman army versus, you know, an actual literal army in, in Gotham. And in that, it shows that they've got to, like, change the way that they are operating. They need to operate as a unit to kind of face this new threat. And I just think that's a cool setup. Oh, definitely. I, and that's one of the things that has me intrigued. Not that the Batman proper series doesn't have me intrigued, but this one is just setting up a whole universe of Bat family characters that... Batman could not be in every single issue of this book, and I think this book will work very well just being that way. You may get a Red Robin spoiler issue and then kind of seeing maybe what Clayface is doing and what Orphan's doing while while telling this whole arcing story. So I'm glad that there's a family title uh, back in it and that it's in Detective Comics, which was always kind of that team-up book, Detective, the crew truck true crime type of story you would get out of Detective Comics. In the New 52, I just felt like it was just another Batman book. This feels more like the, here's the action-adventure team-up book that you've been waiting for each week, and it's it's this book. And I, 
makes me really happy. Uh, any final thoughts um, on Detective Comics or anything that we kind of uh, skipped over or other, other things you wanted to point out? Uh, Terrence? Um, I would just sum up and say the thing that I like most is how it kind of reminds me of some of the other great moments and great books in Batman history, piecing it all together. You know, the, mm. the Batwoman stuff reminded me of her book, which was really good, and her um, her appearance in one of my all-time favorite series, which was 52, um, the weekly series way back before mm. the new 52. Yeah. Um, it had some go- classic Batman and, and detectives, as Rob said. It's some of the Clayface stuff reminded him of the animated series. Uh, I think I said Tim and Steph reminded him a bit of um, the the old Robin book from you know the '90s. Um, Asriel looked pretty awesome, even if it wasn't you know too many pages. Um, even uh, Orphan was kind of cool. I like the one scene where she goes to Steph's apartment. She actually even smiles, and that's something you don't see too much, but there was like a whole panel devoted just to her giving a smile. So, and I think that's what Rebirth was meant to do. It's to re, you know, a rebirth of all the classic stuff that we really liked and kind of got lost in the zeal of the new 52 to make everything new and different. So, um, overall, I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading this for, you know, weeks and weeks to come. Luke? I think they nailed the writer perfectly. I mean, Tynan, I think this is, he's been bred for this, for this title for quite some time, obviously, working with Snyder and doing stories on Batman and Batman Robin Eternal and Batman Eternal. It's just, they picked a perfect writer for it. Um, he definitely has the pulse on everybody, so that's definitely cool. I mean, you guys said it. I mean, it's, everyone, Got the the character the characters feel right they're being portrayed right so that's good and good thing to you mentioned before you don't have to wait very long it's two weeks we're getting right back at it and it's just it's almost like Batman Eternal was where it's just like I can't wait next week there's going to be the next issue of you know Batman Eternal and now it's like only a week two weeks for Detective and it's got it's got a good feel and it's just it's if you're a Batman fan you want Detective Comics to be good. That's that's the birth of Batman. I know this is a, a Drake podcast, but just to get on this, I mean, Detective Comics has to be good, and I just I hate to say it for quite a long time, it really hasn't I would been agree. as good as it as good as it could be. Now at, it's in a good place, which to me that is just fantastic. Ryan, yeah, I'll piggyback off of that and say that that's. That's it. I mean, Detective should be just as much of a flagship title as, as Batman. And for a long time, they've just kind of made it this, like, well, what do we want to do that's kind of, like, weird and experimental, you know? And, you know, you just look at some of the arcs in the past few years. They, some of them are good. Some of them are not great. So, but, but none of them scream, like, you have to buy this book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the, the, what I like about this is that um, it feels like... You know, when you think about the what I consider like the heyday of these like long uh, Batman family arcs that span all these different titles. You know, starting with like Nightfall and Contagion and No Man's Land and Legacy and stuff like that. You know, this the Detective Comics reminds me a lot of that, but it's in one comic book, which is great. You know, it has like all the characters that we'd want, but it's in the same book, and the fact that it comes out every other week. Um, kind of replicates that feel in one encapsulated place, and I think that's a really cool concept. And I think it's it's a uh, it does feel different and uh, 
than a lot of the other books as well. And just the fact that it feels like, you know, the proper place for the Batman family, I think is just a, a great feeling. And it's just, it's a, been a great ride so far. Only two issues in. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Hey, Rob and yeah. guys, so now you got my mind spinning because with this whole bad guy here, the colony, I kind of thought, well, JT, the fourth here, he'll do kind of like what Snyder did when he started Batman and introduced something new. But, you know, Snyder did Court of the Owls. He's got the colony and never like I never thought of like the leader being somebody. And now looking at the solicitations in, in 939, um, it says uh, Rise of the Batman Part 7. This epic concludes with a battle against the colony that will change Batman's world forever in a way you'd never expect. Whether they win or lose, they've already lost. Oop, I read the wrong one. Uh, it's actually 939 I wanted. Hold on one sec. Sorry about that. You can cut that part out. I can start over. Um, <laughs> all right. So in Detective Comics, the solicitation 939, um, it says – it just – Oh, from my screen. Sorry. You're going to have to do some extra editing. Rob. That's fine. All right. Uh, Rise of the Batman Part 6. The full scope of the colony's plans and their mysterious leader have all been revealed. So what is going to what is it going to take to stop them? Believe us, you are not prepared for the last scene. Um, so the mysterious leader. So now since JT is pulling from all of this stuff from the 90s and early 2000s, now I'm wondering, is he going to pull uh, you know, somebody or one of these um, – you know, bad guys from uh, Robin's past or from that era to be the big bad guy, and is it going to be King Snake or is it going to be? Have Shotgun we seen Hush? Schmidt Have we seen or... Hush in the New Fifty Two? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, he was in uh, Eternal. Eternal, uh, very yeah. briefly. Yeah. Damn it, I need to read Eternal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so now something I didn't even think about. You know, 15 minutes ago, now I can't stop wondering. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Rob. <laughs> hey, no problem. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I agree, Terrence. I it, it's it it's got me wondering who it is, and as much as he's pulling from the 90s and 2000s era, he's still putting a lot of new stuff in there. I mean, you may laugh, but we've got the KG Beast in there. Um, you know, the Clue Master's dead, so I don't think we could pull. Um, <laughs> him back in here but i mean anarchy would be kind of cool to see being brought in even though he's been in um the new 52 a little bit mm-hmm. it'd be, it'd be kind of cool to see him have like a military type of thing but for and i, I keep saying arkham knight having the arkham knight kind of look and resemble like batman and these these soldiers looking like batman i wonder how much is tied to Batman's history or, or Batman and you know Tim Drake's history there that they look like Batman for a specific reason uh, rather than oh hey we we just put the guise of Batman so people can think it's Batman I think this is more personal and with you reading that uh, solicit going well what could happen if this you know changes I know that's a little gimmick that they say all the time this this is going to shake the status quo this is going to change Batman's life forever and by the next issue it's like it's not that big a change but you know that's got me wondering like is this where Tim stops being Red Robin and goes off to college or you know is Tim going to leave the Robin guys behind to become his own new character Um, is somebody going to die um, out of this, so it's it's got my mind going like 100 miles an hour. So even though I got your mind spinning a little bit after you reading that, that got me even thinking even more. Yeah, well, in the very beginning of nine, 
34, Asriel's fighting someone who looks an awful lot like Batman, who throws a batarang. And then when Batman, 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 when Batman, <laughs> when that Batman shows up and asks Asriel, who did this to you? He says, you did. And then at the end of 935, all these people they're fighting look like they have bat ears on their side. Um, that just kind of raises a lot of questions. Yeah. yeah. Have they, have they done the wrath? In the new two? Yes. Yeah. Um, Dang it. <laughs> ish, yep. Issue twenty. Detec- detective. Oh, detective. Yeah, that was the Faybox run. That was a beautiful yeah. uh, one to look at. I'm trying to pull it up on my uh, database oh, here. Oh, you're right. That's right. That's right. I yeah, that. it was like a, a five issue uh, run. All right, that's what we're going to pin it for uh, this episode of Robin. Everyone loves Drake. Um, Let's kick it over to Ryan. Where can the good people out there find you out on the uh, internet and where you're at if they want to get in touch with you and what you're doing? Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at SMB underscore Ryan. Uh, visit my Super Mario Brothers the Movie archive website at smbmovie.com. And if you want to keep hearing me talk about Batman stuff, I am a regular panelist on the BOF podcast, which... Um, is the host and founder, obviously, of the Batman Podcast Network, so you can find that show, and Everyone Loves a Drake, and all kinds of other great shows on uh, BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. All right, Luke, where can people uh, find you out there if they want to see your YouTube channel and your Twitter happenings? Yeah, um, you can check me out. Uh, YouTube is uh, Luke Batman Video Reviews, and then uh, this little barbacorn talking to me. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, Twitter uh, at Luke eighty seven seventy one for all you Penguin fans out there, Sandy Crosby, Danny Malkin. Um, oh yeah, yeah, congratulations I, on yeah. the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the two places. So yeah, check me out. All right, on the behalf of Ryan and Luke and Terrence, this is Rob for the BatmanUniverse.net. You've been listening to Robin. Everyone loves a Drake. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all related Batman characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for your entertainment purposes. There is no money exchanging hands at any time for any reason. I can't even find a quarter underneath my keyboard. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips as well. So there should be no need for you to send Lex Luthor's lawyers after us. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. You can now get a hold of the show in a few different ways now. The most recent is on Twitter. We are at ELTD Podcast. You can also now get a hold of us via email. It only took me two years to get one. So if you want to email in, you can do so at Robin, ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And we are also on YouTube. In the search engine in YouTube, just type in Robin, everyone loves the Drake, and it'll take you to our YouTube page. And as always, you can message directly over at the Batman Universe website. So email, tweet, message us. We'd love to hear from you, and we will read your comments on the air. The show that you're listening to can be found a few different ways, through iTunes, Windows Media, and over at our host site, The Batman Universe. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It will help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We will see you in a few weeks. Take care. Everybody.